Hey guys, welcome to the newest episode of The Siren Experience and one that I am personally very excited to share. It's featuring a friend of mine, a YouTuber and mystic that I met about a year ago. Her name is Arige and she produces a lot of content on her YouTube and Patreon right now and also offers coaching for ascension and general personal development. And um, coming off of the last podcast that I did on free bleeding and menstrual blood, I felt like I really needed to vibe with Areej on the topic of menstrual blood just based on some very interesting content that she had been posting on her YouTube page. So the link to her YouTube channel and any other relevant links are going to be in the description for this podcast. Um, I'm so excited to jump into the conversation because we talk about a range of topics like menstrual blood, um, blood magic, inner cycles, um, and just general relationships with, you know, um, menstruation. In any case, I'm excited to jump right into this. So I hope you guys enjoy. First of all, thanks so much for joining me here. I'm so this. excited. I haven't seen you in so long and I'm like, yay, Zan! <laughs> yeah, we went from seeing each other almost every day to not at all. I but, know. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited and I had to ask you to do this with me. Um, just because, as I mentioned to you, seeing the video that you did um that you put on your vlog about doing the menstrual face mask <laughs> yeah <laughs> that was really intriguing for me because of several reasons um and just to give you a little bit of background on how it affected me um i switched over after having my son to using you know a menstrual cup and getting a lot more comfortable with the idea of seeing on a regular basis and in its raw form, <laughs> yeah. <you> know, not <laughs> um, seeing menstrual blood, um, being able to smell it and all of that. And I recently um, on my podcast did an episode about free bleeding. You know, when I heard about mm. it, I decided to try. And that really opened my mind up a little bit to feeling differently and seeing menstruation differently seeing my flow differently and all of that and i just felt like that episode that you did was really expansive for me because <laughs> while i had heard about you know people using menstrual blood as a face mask um i seeing you do it on camera <laughs> um, really normalized it for me and it was truly expansive seeing the process. I personally have not actually tried it, but seeing you try it as somebody that I know and um, seeing you do it live <laughs> was <laughs> definitely something that, that shifted my perspective in a major way. And what you mentioned towards the end about using it as fertilizer is something that I've been doing for a couple of years now with my mm. plants. And um, it's it's been one of those one of the many things that has 
um, you know, shifted the way that I feel about menstruation and the way that I feel about menstrual blood as not waste matter, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's so (laughs) funny because the idea for the video, it came, like, I think the day before I made the video because, like, I'd been in these, like, I'd been following a lot of, like, feminine embodiment coaches and people who, like, talk about this stuff and then a week before I tried it, I saw this girl. Do you know Plantiful Soul on Instagram? No, She's just sure. like a YouTuber, Instagram person. She like posted a picture of her wearing it on her story. And I was like shocked. I was like, oh my God, can you imagine having the courage to do that? Like, And I was honestly because I'd hear, heard about it, but I'd never done it. So there was still like I was observing my reaction to it because I was like oh my god I don't know if I would ever share it to my story and then as as I was exploring those feelings I was like wait this might be one of those things where like it's an opportunity to like level up (laughs) because I noticed the discord within me about it when I saw um, her do it Claire her name's Claire when I saw Claire do it, I was like, oh my god, I can't imagine doing it on a story. And then I was like sitting down and thinking about it. I'm like, wait, why wouldn't I? And I just was... Anyway, and then I, I didn't want to pressure myself too much. I was like, okay, I'm not even going to put it on my story or anything. I'll, let me just try it for myself. Let me just... On my next period, let me just see what it is like and just just see if I can even do it on myself. Um, and so um, in the morning of uh, the period that started, and I was like, oh, I'm going to try it today. And some, the inner voice within me was like, record it. And I was like, no, I'm not going to record it. <laughs> I was like, I'm scared to do it myself because I was worried it was going to, like, I was scared of my own authentic reaction to it. Like, I, even in the video, like, I was so nervous to actually touch it because similar to you, like, I had just, um, like, I wore pads and stuff and tampons um in university and I like never saw it because I was using tampons for so long so you like barely ever see the blood and then I started using menstrual cups about like two or three years ago and that it really did similar to you like familiarize me with it and then this felt like the next step and as I was it was just one of those inner things that it felt like the calling to do it was so strong that I couldn't ignore it and I knew that if I didn't do it, that it was just going to bother me because I'm like, who cares? Like one of the things I've really been exploring in the past year is just like showing up even more authentically with what I believe because a lot of people in my like immediate surroundings, like I have a lot of support virtually, but a lot of people in my immediate surroundings are very like, I don't know how to explain it. They're very just like whatever the norm is. That's what they're going to believe. They don't really question much. And so to do that, like this whole, like the past couple months, there's been such a process of me like coming out more and more and more into this like more crazy version of a reach to them. But to me, it's like more authentic. And it was just another level of that. It was like, okay, if I can do this, then I could do anything. And what it really did was it was really scary (laughs) to post it and I even after I filmed the video I was like I filmed an Instagram photo too like I took a photo and I put it to my feed and it was funny because just a couple days before I was like oh my god I couldn't even imagine posting it to my story and then I just like that day I just posted it and then I just sat there and like watched the feelings that came up and like the shame and the like fear of like judgment and honestly most of I would say like 
70 to 80 percent of the reactions are very positive and very aligned with like what I personally believe about it and it's like people really recognized the messaging and I received a lot of messages like from people who like know me throughout my life and they said like they definitely got triggered like there was like a part of them that like cringed when they saw it but they really appreciated the message behind it and so they like went the extra effort to like message me after so and then there's like those like handful of people who are like this is so gross but (laughs) it wasn't as hard to deal with those comments as i thought because when i see them i like am able to recognize that they're they're just in a different frame of mind and i was there very short like not so long ago but it's funny to see some people are like aggressive about it some people are like mad (laughs) that i did that (laughs) definitely i think i was definitely triggered i first saw it on on instagram i saw the the photo and i think the the caption said something about like triggers you and i'm like yes it does (laughs) it triggers me but it also intrigued me to the point where i went to youtube immediately and went to look you know for the video um and i watched it in parts because you know i kept getting interrupted so i watched it in parts and then i watched it together and i could i mean i could sense that you were you know you you it was something new for you um and i felt like the triggering in me was also like a fear in me to sort of you know expand into that realm Mm -hmm. as well and I mean, it triggers us all before we get to the point where we're like, you know, maybe let me ease myself into this. And it it intrigues a lot of people, no matter how triggered, whether they're triggered negatively Mm -hmm. or positively, it's it's definitely expansive, I think, for everybody. I remember the the way that I felt before posting about my first experience free bleeding. Mm. Uh, Most people had never even heard of free bleeding before and they were like what is that what is it so you're not gonna use any tampons no pads like where does the blood go you know and <laughs> i didn't know the answers to those questions before i tried it i just tried it and you know when i woke up i'm like you know what i'm gonna do a podcast about this and just talk about it and that episode had like four times the listeners as you know my average (laughs) my average podcast so i feel like there are a lot of people out there who are just really interested in maybe trying these things or even just hearing about it from a different perspective than what we were taught growing up i remember feeling very embarrassed in my teens you know in school i went to an all-girls school an all-girls catholic school and in a lot of ways we formed this cocoon for each other where it was safe to be a girl Mm -hmm. but still not entirely because we all had our own paradigms and the way that that caused us to react to certain things especially menstruation and i remember feeling really embarrassed if i had a leak at school whereas you know all my classmates have probably experienced having a leak and i'm about to turn 31 i have a three and a half year old son Um, So safe to say I have experienced a lot of, you know, different things that a woman would experience in life or somebody who, you know, is living from a feminine perspective. I've experienced a whole lot, but I still was not entirely comfortable with a leak (laughs) until (laughs) I tried free bleeding and realized that 
it's not that big a deal. Blood can get on stuff. There's ways to get it off. Like, you know, it's it's my blood. <laughs> um, but sometimes it really just takes the experience to really fully shift that perspective. Um, and sometimes it takes being exposed to somebody like you who has tried it and has filmed it and is showing that, you know, showing your perspective. It takes a few times being exposed to that sort of thing before we were actually ready to try, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> yeah. Even like the concept of free bleeding it seems more scary to me because exactly what you said, it's like, oh my God, what would I, because we want to be so in control of it. Because you've been told, like, this is something that you have to, like, keep under lock. Like, you can't... I even remember, like, in high school, like, having to having having to hide... You didn't have to do it, but it was just common to, like, if you were going to the bathroom on your period from class, hiding it somewhere so no one saw it in the hallway. Like, what? <laughs> Yet, more than, like, half of the school is going through the same experience that we're acting like no one is. Like, what? Um... <laughs> It's so crazy. Yeah, and it's pretty interesting. I think um, I I like the word expansive because I think so many people are looking for just, especially women, we're just looking for, like, we're all in this, like, bubble of learning how to, like, truly love ourselves and more people are kind of, like, joining in on this bubble and realizing that all these, like, beliefs that were conditioned into us from patriarchal societies are just like not in alignment with who we naturally are and like uh, women are like starting to realize their innate power and a part of that like I feel like one of the first things that we really do kind of explore is menstruation menstrual blood and menstruation and that whole cycle because it's so natural happens to us once okay so the people who bleed it happens like very regularly but it is at least something that everyone if you're not even a woman or if you don't bleed yourself, you know of people who have it regularly or your sister or your mom. Like, it's so normal yet not normalized. <laughs> yeah. It's such a major part of our lives. Um, in some ways, I would say that certain aspects of our lives revolve around our menstrual cycle. And it, I mean, I didn't get here, you know, by accident or just by some, some sort of fluke. I I know I know where I've come from with regards to like my viewpoints with menstruation and I too was hiding pads and tampons and it's something that we talked about throughout life. I remember being like seven or eight years old and that's all we were talking about at lunch because you know that's what we learned in class today that oh my goodness we're gonna get to this point in our lives where we're just gonna be bleeding every month <laughs> like, okay when is this supposed to happen and what do I do like, <laughs> yeah. and then I, I personally went through this period where it was like everybody was menstruating around me and I was a late bloomer so I didn't have boobs or period or anything whereas everybody in my class I mean apart from me being you know one of the younger um pairs in my group I was also a late bloomer I think I probably had my first period at 14 maybe Mm -hmm. I'm not sure anymore but it it was a thing for me for a while like okay is this gonna happen like every, <laughs> everybody has theirs where's mine and then it happens and you're like okay now i have to deal with you know it 
coming every month. I have to be mentally prepared and I have to have my pads with me <laughs> just in case it happens at school and all of that. And then it becomes a, a matter of um, you wanting to track your period, maybe for, um, you know, to avoid pregnancy or to plan a pregnancy or whatever it might be. Um, but I, I went through a lot of different phases. I went through phases, I would say, where I would actually feel ovulation happening in a lot of ways. I mean, right now I feel certain things like tender breasts and things like that. But there was a time where I was really, really in tune with my whole reproductive system. And you, you had another video on your, on your YouTube um, where you were talking about, you know, the positive effects of like negative emotions that we experience. And you mentioned something, which is why I kept using the word expansive, because it made so much sense to me. You mentioned that, you know, when you were on birth control, you were a little bit more numb to your feelings, your, you know, emotions. Um, I've briefly been on birth control and that was a long time ago. So I don't fully remember what the experience was like for me. But I do know that it just didn't really feel right to me. And I stopped, you know, almost shortly after starting it up. But I found it really interesting because I'm somebody who feels very, very deeply um, all of my emotions. I sometimes say to people that, you know, I don't think I have a middle ground because I'm either <laughs> extremely happy or extremely like, all my emotions are so intense for me. Sometimes I feel like, oh my goodness. But there's some there's some part of me that always felt that, you know, my ability and my willingness to feel those deeply negative emotions somehow facilitates my ability to feel those, you know, extremely positive ones. And it just felt like, you know, the deeper I can go, the more expansive I am feeling in general. So that that really resonated with me and it tied to a lot of things that I've, you know, heard you talking about um, and a lot of things that I've felt just, you know, in my life experience in general. Yeah, I my story with birth control is like, I started taking it in first year of university because I was with my boyfriend, Garrett, and I was like, oh my god, I'm having sex for the first time, like, what do I do? Like, because in university as well, like, all, everyone's, like, so scared of getting pregnant. <laughs> all of the girls, because I guess it's one of the first times in their life when they're, also, we lived in a, like, a university town, so most of the people who were there were, like, their fam, they were living by themselves in this town. So, um, everyone's advice was like, oh, just go on birth control. It's so easy. Like, just take the pill. Like, all you have to do is, like, go to the school clinic and they'll, like, prescribe it to you. And I was like, oh, okay. So I went and I got it. And then immediately, like, a week, like, they told me that there was going to be side effects. Uh, so I was kind of prepared. Like, I was kind of watching for it. But then a week or so after I started taking it, like, I just started feeling really weird. And that intuitive nudge from within to be like, this ain't right. <laughs> was really strong but at that time uh, I would say that was in 2015 um, at the time I didn't trust like I didn't know what intuition really was like I didn't know that there was something that we could kind of like connect to in our inner guidance system 
and so I ignored it and I like the only people that I could like I just went to external people to ask about it I'm like oh like I feel really weird I feel like I'm like I know that I'm in a new situation like I've just moved out of my family home and there's a lot of new things going on but I feel really like not myself and everyone was like oh yeah that's just normal like don't worry about it and so I didn't worry about it for like all of university and then last year around April actually around oh my god this is like perfect timing because it's been this is like almost exactly a year ago I like stopped using birth control like I was on the pill for like a couple of years and I did it because I was in this group call and they were we, I was introduced to the concept of like the inner seasons um have you heard of that no I have not <laughs> Okay, so the inner seasons, um, different people have different ways to like really characterize it, but they'll, it's like people have associated different archetypes with uh, the different phases that we go through in our menstrual cycle. So you could like find information from people who really have studied this deeper, but on the surface level, it's like we have, just like the outer seasons, we have inner seasons. So winter, spring, summer, and um, fall. And the inner winter is our period when we're actually bleeding. And that's our most like inward period and a lot of cultures and spiritual traditions throughout the eras in like a lot of the women like you know with the red tents like women actually like left the community to go like in an in more inward cycle because um because you're so inward you're more open to insights and more open to intuitive information and downloads and it's harder to hear that those downloads when you're surrounded by noise so like a lot of women like chose to like separate themselves for a little bit and then eventually that turned into that like that got that practice got in the hands of the the people who were controlling and they were like oh this means we have to like exile women when they're on their periods and it like got all distorted when it was like originally like the women wanted to do it um, because they understood the significance of that time and then the springtime is when you're done bleeding and it's like you're still slowly starting to like gain your like inner energy back and then the summer is like the most outward period like your i think it's your estrogen levels are the highest of your cycle and you're just very outward and you're very like open to giving and giving energy and then fall is like your fall like autumn period is where you're most people get their pms sim symptoms and it can be harsh because you've just come from summer, like you've come from this really like happy, uplifted, outward facing place, which is where society wants us to be all the time. But then you go into fall and your hormones start, start dropping and your energy level starts dropping. And that could be like cause a lot of like grief because you want to be in the summer all the time. When in reality, it's like, you know, you go through cycles and now you're in a downward. So we learned about that. And one of the things she said is that um, the person who was teaching me, her name is Gabby Francis. Um, I am Gabby Francis on Instagram. She was saying like it, this, it's harder to feel it sometimes, like feel the inner seasons when you're on a hormonal birth control. And I like that instantly like clicked in me. I was like, oh my God, this is what my inner guidance has been telling me that something's off, that like some balance is off. And immediately I was like I'm off and then I asked them and they're like oh just make sure that you're not doing like make sure that this is actually what you want to do like make sure it's coming I'm like no this has been a message that has been for me here for me for years like and then I immediately stopped and I actually made your video cut off <laughs> I want to see your face I immediately stopped the birth control and I started uh 
documenting that too there's like a short little playlist on my youtube video called like natural birth control journey because when i was going to stop birth control people like advised me against it because they're like oh my god like you don't know what's gonna happen like because your body's so used to the pill like you might have like really crazy side effects and then i tried it and it was like nothing and i just every single day i just felt better and better and better and it's I never looked back since and it really like I was really able to observe the fact that it truly does numb you out it's like I'm the same as you I have like really high highs and really low lows but then it's like going from and then that just really like flattened it and I would feel but I would also like there was during that time in my life it was also going through all this conflict with my family in university and now I'm more so out of that but it was hard to be I felt I feel like if I wasn't on the pill I wouldn't have felt so depressed I feel like I would have been better able to handle everything if I hadn't been so numbed out because for me emotions are like signals it's like what Nikki always says it's like the divine alarm clock you know in like A Course in Miracles like that is what always shows me like something's wrong or it and to not have that is such a loss to not have those emotions to like help guide us in our day-to-day lives yeah it's so true and i i definitely resonate with that feeling of wanting to go inward you know when you're menstruating i remember that that first time that i tried free bleeding i'm one of those people who likes to make everything especially bent (laughs) (laughs) I had like my special designated dress and I had like a whole fun night by myself at home um I think I I had done a zoom call earlier in the in in the evening with some friends but then I really set time aside for me that night Um, my son was with his dad and I made it a very special time for myself and it, it's, I guess that was like my little red tent. Mm-hmm. But when you spoke about how, you know, the patriarchy kind of changed it into a let's exile women <laughs> when they're on their periods, it's, it really triggered something in me because I have been trying, well, both with myself and with my son, doing something called positive timeout. Um, and it's something that I talk about with his godmother. We do, we do something like this on my podcast once a month. <laughs> talk about different, you know, positive discipline strategies. And when I heard mm. the, the, um, the idea of a positive timeout, I was interested because I was doing timeout with my son, but I was definitely doing it as a punishment. Mm-hmm. And what resonated with me with a positive timeout is that um, instead of using timeout as a punishment, acknowledge that, you know, when we feel better, we act better. And that's mm. not just children, that's all of us. So sometimes if we actually, you know, strategically take that time out and do things that make us feel better, we act a lot better at the end of that time out rather than, you know, being cast away because we're badly behaved or being yeah. cast away because we're bleeding. Um, if I, I think if we see it as our special time, um, not where we're staying away from people because we're moody or because we're bleeding and that's a turn off or whatever it's <laughs> our time you know for, to focus on our own inner wisdom yeah. and the relationship itself and that was what I started using that time as and that really felt amazing for me to do that for myself um, and to you know just acknowledge that 
I guess the um, the divine aspect of that period for me, where I can connect with myself. It feels, you know, it just feels like the right thing to do for me at that time. It's not like a, it's just, you know what, this is what I'm feeling right now. And interestingly enough, around that same time, I listened to the book, um, The Women Who Run With The Wolves. Mm. And there was a certain part of the book that was talking about, you know, knowing, knowing your cycles and knowing, you know, the time, the times when you, knowing what you need at each point in time, knowing when you need to be more social, knowing when you need to be less mm-hmm. social, when you need alone time. And just owning that for myself and not feeling guilty about it or not feeling like I really owe people my energy all the time because, you know, it's all about us knowing what point we're at in our own cycles and honoring that, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there is like this interesting, I love that book. It's like, I looked over here because it's like sitting right here. Oh, wow. <laughs> Synchronistic. Um, I, I like one of the things that because I had this like really change, like life changing, truly experience with being on birth control and being off it and noticing how I changed and then also getting people's reaction to it, like people being, uh, like, I don't know, like, people are weird about birth control, too. Like, like women, some people are, like, really scared of coming off it because they've been, like, this is the way. It's like, oh, my God, what are you going to do now? You're going to get pregnant. And it's like, actually, <laughs> I'm not. <laughs> and I started doing, like, the fertility awareness method for a while, um, just using this app. But now I feel like I do have, like, more of an internal sense. Like, I know when I'm ovulating like like you said oh that part of the conversation really struck struck me because when I first got my period I was very similar to you like I was I don't know how old I was but I was definitely later than everyone else and I was so worried about it I I don't this is like maybe before like when I was young there was remember Yahoo Answers do you remember that around that time I think I was like 13 or 14 and I went there and I like wrote this anonymous post I was like am I ever gonna get my period like I was just so nervous about it (laughs) because because it's almost like the coming of age like it's like oh this is like oh now I'm like a woman like it now I'm no longer a child and so it was like very significant to me and then um a week later like I actually did get my period and the crazy thing is, is that I, like, I wore a pad, even though I'd never gotten a period before. That day I woke up and I just wore a pad that day. And then later in the afternoon, I got the period. And I remember being like below, I was like, oh my God, how did I know that? And now I realize it was just this intuitive sense. But back then I was had no idea that, like I said, I had no idea that we had an inner intuition that could guide us. And I was just like, whoa, I think I'm psych. Like, I'm a magical person. Like, I knew that I was going to get my period and then I got it. And it was like the best, like, first period experience ever. And then I've been really, like, um, another thing is, like, I've been really happy with my period to always have it. Like, I've had a really positive perception of it myself because I grew up uh, Muslim and you have to pray five times a day when you're Muslim. But you don't have to pray if you're on your period. (laughs) 
And so, and so whenever I had my period, I would like celebrate because I'd be like, oh my God, now no one can tell me to pray. No one can tell me to do anything. Because like the praying, the act of praying was like, it wasn't taught to me as like a spiritual connection. It was more like, if you don't pray, your dad's going to yell at you. <laughs> like, you got to pray. And so when I had my period, I could just be like chilling and they'd be like, or did you pray? And I'd be like, I don't have to pray today <laughs> and they'd be like everyone would leave me alone and it was the best thing ever but that comes back to the concept of like spiritual traditions and bleeding because I've been watching this girl or she's a mystic and she also has a YouTube channel her name is Gigi Young and she does a lot of like psychic work and research into like past spiritual traditions and ancient cultures and things like that and one thing she told, like, one thing she presented in her video, I don't have my own research about this, but she was saying that in other eras of humanity, um, women who are very spiritually in tune, so like the high priestesses of certain areas, their menstrual blood would be like, it would be like a, ma- like a very important substance for the community. And it was, it was, they thought they were, in the belief that the blood is like what really connects you to your spiritual side and that your I don't know the exact wording she used but it was just there's a deep connection to our blood and our connection to our divinity and so high priestesses who were really like who who dedicated their lives to being in tune with spirit they had very their blood was very revered and people who wanted to be more connected they would actually drink the blood of the high priestesses and it was almost like blood magic kind of thing and also there's also in that video she also talked about how in certain african religion i don't know if it's cultures but there was one hoodoo i think is the religion in that there is like this tradition where women would put their blood in um of a dish and then feed it to like a person that they wanted them like feed it to a man because they were like if he eats it then he's going to be like energetically connected to you (laughs) so well you know i'm from saint lucia right yeah that's i'm Um, so excited to ask you about this (laughs) yeah the caribbean has a um, while it's very taboo, the Caribbean does have a very heavy presence of voodoo, obia, and those sort of things. And the idea of tying a man is <laughs> so normalized in Saint Lucia. There's actually a song that says it starts. The first line of the song says "Mawianom," which is Creole for "tie a man." <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> it is said that that's how it's done. Um, it's interesting because I I attended a workshop sometime last year um, where there, there was a, a lady named Valerie Merced. She has a, um, a publication called Precipice Magazine. And she also has a book called Seasons of Blood where she talks about um, blood magic and menstrual mm-hmm. blood and all that good stuff. And she did a presentation and I was really into it because it clarified a few things for me so in in the the legend has it that you know you have a a man consume your menstrual blood and he's basically like devoted to you after that 
you know, <laughs> anything you want. Because the song says, Maui and Nong, a puetu bagai. Tie a man and take everything. That's so funny. And the legend also says that um, to get that river. So we have a, you know, we have a volcano um, erupting in St. Vincent, but the one we have in St. Lucia is dormant and it's actually a drive-in volcano with hot springs inside mm. so it's like sulfuric springs and the the legend says that you know the guy would have to bathe in there like submerge himself in the water with the sulfur to get rid of that blood magic oh my gosh yes yeah, so i'm i mean i haven't done extensive research on this <laughs> yeah. but valerie was saying that um you know most times well i don't i think it's somewhere in, in south america or one of the latin latin american um, caribbean islands um that she's from they use sulfuric clay to make their um menstrual face masks and they also use it in magic in that i think that the sulfur is known to somehow draw out certain effects from the menstrual blood and i said wow that's so interesting that you know in our culture, it's the sulfuric water that draws out whatever effects yeah. that blood has on the guy. And it's it's interesting that, you know, that's a common thread throughout so many different cultures. Yeah. Also, I think this might, I don't know why it's telling me that there's less than a minute. So I might cut off, but I'll call you back. Okay. Um, okay. But... That's one of the things that I'm noticing because I used to be very like, even though I'm so spiritual and like, like so like out of out with it now, for a long time I was very like in the closet with it and I was very skeptical towards any ritual or any like concept of like magic or any sense that human beings had the ability to like control certain outcomes in our lives or things like that, like manifestation. I was like, that's bullshit. And then what really like got me to explore it deeper and explore it more seriously was just this thread of different cultures all around the world speaking about the same things. And it's like noticing those like co- coincidences like of the sulfuric water and it's like the legend. It's like, how could it be a coincidence? Like there must be some sort of... As you guys can see, we got into a lot of different topics there and had a pretty interesting cliffhanger, but there is a part two, the second part of our recording, the second call that we had. I'm going to have it added as a part two to this episode, so if you are interested in anything that you heard on this podcast, feel free to join us over on part two where we talk about so much more.